Welcome back to Scored Sports Podcast. On this podcast, Land Frank, we're now on episode 154. Yes, sir, 154 episodes through. My an action packed episode planned for you. It's NFL, conference championship week, a lot going on in the NBA, new trades, head coaches getting fired, college football, transfer portal, hanging up a little bit more right now, and so much more. Stay tuned for an action packed episode 154. Let's hop into it. Let's start off episode 154, how we always do with the headlines in the NBA. First thing I want to talk about in the NBA right here, what great two performances we had last night on January 22nd. Now, let me take you back 18 years earlier on January 22nd. Kobe Bryant drops 81 points. 18 years later, Joel Embiid drops 70. Carl Lee Towns drops 62. Carl Lee Towns, 44 points in the first half, collapses in the second half. They lose that game, actually. But for Joel Embiid, go up against Victor Omanyama. Victor Omanyama played great, 33 points. Embiid more than double that, 70 points, 70 burger for Joel Embiid. Great to see that right there. Another big news in the NBA right here. Terry Rozier getting traded from Charlotte Hornets over to the Miami Heat in exchange for Kyle Lowry. And Bucks head coach Adrian Griffin fired today despite their 30-13 and 13 start. Now, for a lot of people, this was shocking for them. Not so much for me. When I saw at the beginning of the season, Terry Stotts, who was such a great head coach, quit that job with the Milwaukee Bucks about a week before the season. You could see that there was something weird going on there with Adrian Griffin. There was reports that Adrian Griffin got super mad at him at practice one day, called him out. You know, Terry Stotts just trying to work around with Giannis and Damian Lillard while Adrian Griffin didn't really want that. Now he's fired Adrian Griffin. They're going to be looking for a new head coach. Mike Boonholzer should have never been fired. That's my moral of the story right here. But... Adrian Griffin out as head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. More to the NFL. We had a great divisional round. Baltimore Ravens kicked off for a divisional round weekend with a great home win against Houston Texans. This game was tied going to halftime, and Lamar Jackson's legacy was on the line. When you think about Lamar Jackson's legacy, you think about nothing really because he doesn't have a legacy yet. He has one MVP, soon to be two. He has one playoff win. Now he has two, but C.J. Stroud wins that game. And now he has two playoff wins, and Lamar is stuck at one. Lamar is stuck at with another great season, the regular season, and nothing in the playoffs. So what does that show you right there? No, Lamar Jackson gets that win. Great win that was the city of Baltimore and the Ravens. San Francisco 49ers, they took down the Green Bay Packers, but they got outplayed, completely outplayed in that one. Matt LaFleur outcoached Kyle Shanahan. Jordan Love outplayed Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey, difference maker there, but great teams find a way to win. San Francisco 49ers. That's what they did right there. Detroit Lions, great game they had. It was a really close game, back and forth. Kind of like a shootout. Love to see it right there. Baker Mayfield, Jared Goff, former number one overall picks, who considered busts at one point, now battling it out. When they were exposed, bridge quarterbacks, now both about to get very large contracts. Lions, though, did come victorious now. They'll be taking on the Niners next Sunday. I am excited for that game. Chiefs, everybody. Kansas City Chiefs take down Buffalo Bills. Friend of the show, Andy Reid, did a great job game planning for that one. Now Tyler Bass misses that kick. We got a lot of talk about Buffalo in this episode because that loss right there shows you a lot of things. This is not another thing where you can say, oh, brush it off. No, it's a real problem now because you went to their place earlier this season and you beat them. So now they come to your place in the playoffs where they've eliminated you two of the last three times in the playoffs and they just did it third time in the past four years. You hate to see it. Bad, bad right there from Buffalo Bills. But I think the NFL only had coaching hire this week was Antonio Pierce. And the other one was Brian Callahan. I called that one and I called the Antonio Pierce one. Brian Callahan heading over to the Tennessee Titans. I said they should go for the Bengals offense coordinator. You see what they did for Joe Burrow? Let's see what he can do for Will Levis, Malik Willis, whoever it might be. Brian Callahan 
headed over to Tennessee Titans. It's back for the newest NFL Conference Championship weekend coming up next. College football, Caleb Downs, number one player in the transfer portal, number one D-back in the country this season, you could say, for a freshman, All-American, true freshman, Caleb Downs from Alabama, transfers from Alabama to Ohio State, and also Julian Sand, the number one quarterback in the 2024 class, already getting out of Tuscaloosa, heading over to Columbus, Ohio, Ohio State, getting all these great players. Ryan Day, you have one year, one year to figure this out, or you're going down like the rest of the Buckeyes. Ohio State, they're putting together a great squad right now. Let's see what they can do with it. Back for the news of college football, tennis, Australian Open semifinals are set for the women's and the men. Who's going to win it? Your thoughts on that in the comments. That's about for the headlines this week. Now, Schoolyard Sports NFL Game Day Part 1. One of the last Schoolyard Sports NFL Game Days, unfortunately, we got Conference Championship this week, Pro Bowl next week, which we're not picking because it's the Pro Bowl, and then the Super Bowl the next week. The last game of the season. But we got two conference championship games this week. We got the NFC Championship and the AFC Championship. So let's split this up into two parts. Let's build the suspense for everybody. Part one is right now. And then part two, we'll do it at the end of the episode. So part one right here. San Francisco 49ers taking on the Detroit Lions, everybody. Jared Goff versus Brock Purdy. Christian McCaffrey versus amazing Lions defense. Derek Barnes, great play. He had to seal it against Buccaneers. Aiden Hodgson, one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. And then for the Niners side of things, you got Nick Bosa, who's an amazing pass rusher. You got Kyle Shanahan, who's an amazing intellectual head coach. And Dan Campbell, the guy who's going to go with the thing that he thinks best, gutsy head coach, who's done a great job building the physicality of the city and this team. Now, Detroit, you've had a great season. Jared Goff, Dan Campbell, these guys, Brad Holmes, GM, have brought you back from the dead. They've defeated... The former guy you used to love, Matthew Stafford. They defeated Baker Mayfield. And now you're in the conference championship game for the first time in over a century. For the Niners, it's about getting back to that Super Bowl they've craved for so long. This is now the third time you've made the championship since then. You made it over back in 2021 when you played the Rams. You made it last year when you played the Eagles. And now you're making it this year. It's the Detroit Lions. Third time's the charm. They make it back to the Super Bowl. Let's go Niners over the Lions. Great conference championship. Niners. Versus, you have to wait to see my pick at the end of this episode. Scored Sports, episode 154. Still more to come. Let's go Niners. This is Super Bowl. Now, top five. This week's top five was, it had me thinking because I was thinking about Kobe Bryant, his 81-point game. And I was thinking, what other great single-game sports performances have we seen in the history of sports across all sports? So let's hop into it. The top five single game sports performances of all time. Let's hop into it. Number five, Joe Burrow in the 2019 Sugar Bowl versus Oklahoma. His first career playoff game throws six first half touchdowns, 400 yards in the first half, ends up with 493 yards and seven touchdowns. Joe Burrow cements his legacy right there, then goes on to win the NASA championship. But what a great single game performance that was right there. by The former LSU quarterback and now NFL superstar, Joe Burrow, that's number five. Number four, Lionel Messi's World Cup final performance. Now, plenty of guys in the history of soccer have had hat tricks. Plenty of guys have had more than a hat trick, four goals, five goals. Robert Lewandowski had five goals in 11 minutes. But the magnitude of the World Cup final to have a hat trick, to be down, and then to come back, to win in penalties, 
to make those two PKs earlier in the match that to score in extra time, Lionel Messi winning the World Cup for his country. That's number four, Lionel Messi. World Cup final is number four on top five single game sports performances of all time. Number three, the only perfect game ever in postseason history, and it happened in the World Series. Don Larson throwing a perfect game in the World Series. Only time it's ever happened in the postseason there's been a perfect game, let alone the World Series. Three, Don Larson's World Series perfect game. Number two, Kobe dropping 81 on the Raptors on January 22nd, 2006. Great performance that was, but it's not number one. Number one, you know it. Wilt Chamberlain's 100-point performance. Now, let me ask you this. Do you believe in the conspiracy that Wilt Chamberlain didn't actually drop 100? And that's all a myth. The story of Wilt Chamberlain dropping 100 points the most in NBA history. I believe in it. Do you? Leave your thoughts on that in the comments. That's probably for top five single game sports performances in sports history. Now, did you know, this dude right here, it's a great one. Did you know LeBron James has played against 35% of all NBA players of all time? Yes, LeBron James, the king, who's been in the NBA since 2003, has played against 35% of all the NBA players of all time. Now, the oldest player in the NBA, LeBron James, 35% of the NBA players of all time, LeBron has faced off against. Kind of crazy to think about because the NBA's been around forever, it seems like, for LeBron James to face off against 35% of the league. Kind of crazy. Leave your thoughts on that in the comments. That's part for Did You Know this week. Now, Michigan head coach Jim Harbaugh, who I've talked about in this show for the past four years that we've ever done this show, my favorite guy in football, Jim Harbaugh, has now left my favorite diehard program, Michigan Wolverines, to become the next head coach of the Los Angeles Chargers. And it really has me thinking about a lot of things because I remember two years ago on this show, right after Michigan's great 2021 comeback season, I was about to record an episode and I got a report on my phone from Chris Ballas, a Michigan reporter. I said, Jim Harbaugh has accepted the head coaching position with the Minnesota Vikings. So I got on this episode right here, right before we started recording, and did a whole breaking news segment. Jim Harbaugh has left to become the head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. Well, that Minnesota Vikings deal fell through. Thankfully, Jim Harbaugh didn't become the next head coach of the Minnesota Vikings. But now it's a reality. Jim Harbaugh is headed back to the NFL to be with the Los Angeles Chargers. And I get it from the Chargers' perspective, but from Harbaugh's perspective. Did you ever really want to leave the NFL to go to Michigan? Because you're great in the NFL. I just think maybe you need a year off from the NFL. You said, hey, maybe I'll go back to my alma mater. Was that a pity to go to Michigan? I've been seeing that circling around. Lost circles this week. Maybe Jim Harbaugh came back to Michigan in 2014 just out of self-pity saying, my program, my alma mater, not doing well right now. I'm a head coach for in the market. Why don't I go help them out for a few years? I don't think it was his intention to stay in Michigan for nine years. I think it was his intention to win a Big Ten title, beat Ohio State, get whatever he needs to get done accomplished, maybe win the championship, and then head back to the NFL when the time felt right. Time didn't feel right until about now, or maybe about three years ago, but he couldn't get a job three years ago because Jim Harbaugh hadn't accomplished much in college football. Now he's a national champion. Now he's 15-0. Nice overcome adversity. Now he might come back to NCAA next year, college football, with the suspension. But if he goes to the NFL, all that goes away. For Jim Harbaugh to go to the NFL, I get it. 44-19. and 19. Chargers are hiring him for that reason because he has 44 wins and 19 losses. He is pretty much legend in the NFL circles as a head coach just off winning percentage, you could say. Mike Vrabel, 
We all love to talk about. I think he's about 500 as a head coach. Jim Harbaugh made about three conference championship games. He only made one Super Bowl, but he made three conference championship games, and he wants to win that Super Bowl. He wants to be his brother again. Couldn't beat him in the Super Bowl a few years ago. Maybe he gets it done now. But for Jim Harbaugh to go to the Chargers, Hurts is a Michigan fan. And I talked about this last week in the episode. Jim Harbaugh, let me ask you this. You win a Super Bowl at the Chargers. Great. Takes you one year, two years, three years, four years, five years, whatever it might be. You're not even 60 years old yet. Most guys can coach till they're about 75, you could say. Nick Saban just retired at 72. Okay, we'll give him that. What happens then? Did you just retire? Jim Harbaugh does not seem like a guy who wants to retire, but does he really just want to continue going to the Chargers? Because that Michigan job's not going to be available. So this is a lifetime job, Michigan. NFL, not a lifetime job. For college football, Michigan would give him a lifetime job. Michigan would put up with another rough year with him. You know who wouldn't? The NFL. So that's my thing right there with Jim Harbaugh. Sucks as a Michigan fan. I get it for the Chargers. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan man, leaves his alma mater today. Tough to say it. Jim Harbaugh, Michigan man, gone. Off to the NFL. That's about for my Jim Harbaugh spotlight this week. Now, the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame list came out this week on who's getting into the Hall of Fame. So, Adrian Beltre's name on there. That was great. Saw a few other guys' names on there. That was great. But when you think about it, in the MLB, do we really have the greatest players of all time in the Hall of Fame? I say no. We don't have the greatest player of all time in the Hall of Fame, which is a disgrace to the game. Barry Bonds. We don't have Pete Rose in the Hall of Fame. Pete Rose was one of the greatest hitters of all time. Not because of something he did on the field, because something he did off of it, because he bet on games. Who cares? My stance in the MLB Hall of Fame is that it really shouldn't just be decided by writers, former players, everyone it might be. This should really just be a full-on committee instead of just a vote every year. A full-on committee, a real discussion of what we have. That's why college football every year isn't just decided by the AP votes. Because not everybody coming into a room thinking together. It's just one guy thinking, okay, here's my ballot. Here's my ballot. Here's my ballot. Let's put it all together. Let's see where the ballots average up. No. College ball playoff is a real committee. We have a guy sitting down talking about who should get in, who should not. I mean, they might get wrong, but they might get right also. And it's all around better, in my opinion. Now, if you do that for the MLB, say you get, instead of a million guys in the room voting, maybe you get 15 20. And it changes every now and then to see who gets in to Cooperstown. Should it really matter if guys are doing steroids? Because you think about guys doing steroids, that era, the steroid era, not getting to the Hall of Fame. What if you say, well, this guy played in the juice ball era, he shouldn't get into the Hall of Fame. This pitcher played in the dead ball era, he shouldn't get into the Hall of Fame. That's an argument right there. Aaron Judge played in the juice ball era. He played at Yankee Stadium. He doesn't deserve to get in the Hall of Fame. Is that an argument we're going to be having 10 years from now? Probably not. So why is it an argument we're having right now that Barry Bonds shouldn't get to the Hall of Fame? He played in the steroids era, but before that, Barry Bonds was still a Hall of Fame talent. This isn't just about Barry Bonds. about Pete Rose, too. about every guy who's not in the Hall of Fame that should be in the Hall of Fame. Baseball Hall of Fame. That's the lane I would take. Create a committee. Do something like that, because if we're just going to go off of, oh, they did this, they're not in the Hall of Fame, I don't like it. That's about from my... What lane would I take on that Baseball Hall of Fame? What lane would you take with the Baseball Hall of Fame? Cooperstown, leave your answer in the comments. Now, we're at the second half of Schoolyard Sports NFL Game Day for the week. The AFC Commerce Championship, Baltimore Ravens versus Kansas City Chiefs. Wild to think that this is the first time these two quarterbacks have faced off in the playoffs. And wild to think this is the first time these two quarterbacks have faced off 
since that 2021 week two. Really great game that was, 36-35. Baltimore Ravens take them down in Baltimore. Now we're playing still in Baltimore, but a lot colder, not September anymore. But it's Kansas City Chiefs versus Baltimore Ravens. It's Patrick Holmes versus Lamar Jackson. And this was always thought to be the can this be a rivalry. Lamar Jackson just won MVP. Patrick Holmes just won the Super Bowl. This is a rivalry for years to come. No, it really hasn't because Lamar Jackson doesn't really have any rivals. Maybe you thought that the Titans were his rivals. No, Patrick Holmes is his rivals. Joe Burrow, back-to-back -back years in the playoffs, conference championship game up at Arrowhead, and Josh Allen knocking him out three times in the last four years. Same with Tom Brady. Tom Brady took down Patrick Mahomes, and they took him down again in the Super Bowl two years later in 2020, conference championship game in 2018. So that's a little bit of a one-sided one right there. Same with Allen and Mahomes. I think Burrow and Mahomes right now is the best quarterback rivalry. But can we create one right here between Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson? Because they're both great. Mahomes is... A skilled talent. He's something we've never seen before. And for Lamar Jackson, also something we've never seen before. We've seen a million Brock Birdies. We've seen a million Jared Goffs. We've never seen a Patrick Mahomes or a Lamar Jackson before. I think that's what's great about this team, about this game that we're about to have. Chiefs defense played great last week. Up in the tundra, up in Buffalo, hostile conditions, they played great. And for the Baltimore Ravens, their defense played great too. Holding down CJ Stroud, who's had a great season, and the offense doing what he needs to do to get that win 34 10. Playing the Kansas City Chiefs this week will have way more experience in these situations. Now, Baltimore might be the better team, but the better team doesn't always win. I texted Andy Reid, friend of the show, after the game last week. I said, great win, coach. He said, thank you. Replied on that one right there. Maybe Andy Reid, future guest on the show yet again, but not strictly business this week. I said last week, strictly business. I'm taking the Buffalo Bills over the Kansas City Chiefs. Can't do that this week. I think Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs are too good. They get the win over the Baltimore Ravens. I have the Chiefs versus Niners Super Bowl. You're going to have to wait to see my prediction on that. The rematch, that 2020 Super Bowl. That's bad for Patrick Mahomes versus Lamar Jackson. Ravens versus Chiefs. AFC Comp Championship game. Schoolyard Sports NFL Game Day Part 2. Leave your thoughts in the comments. So I talked about last segment. How Patrick Mahomes versus Josh Allen is a one-sided Rivalry. It's always been a one-side rivalry, and it's going to take a while for Josh Allen to make that not a one-side rivalry. And Bills fans have been through a lot. Bills fans have always been through a lot, losing four straight Super Bowls. Now, Bills fans have gone through a lot, losing the Patrick Mahomes about every year in the playoffs, it seems, and losing the Joe Burrow last year. That's tough for them. When you think about those losses, when you think about how close those games are, there's only one man you can put it on. Sean McDermott, a defensive head coach. Defense head coach, who can't figure out his defense coordinator. Leslie Frazier left after this year. They had a new defense coordinator. Sean McDermott, 13 seconds left in that divisional round in 2021. Say they go on to hold the Chiefs under three points in those 13 seconds. They're Super Bowl champions that year, in my opinion, in the Buffalo Bills. But they don't. Sean McDermott, the defense head coach, couldn't get it done. Now there's reports this year, after the Bills had a really bad start, they recovered pretty well, but there was still a chance heading into Week 18 that they didn't make the playoffs. They ended up with the two seed because they won that division. But there's still a chance. You lose that game, dominoes can fall, and you don't make the playoffs. Then what happens? Then does all the attention go to Sean McDermott? Or do we just say now, ah, it's fine, he won a playoff game. Against the Pittsburgh Steelers? The Pittsburgh Steelers is who Sean McDermott won his playoff game against. What a joke. Sean McDermott, it's not just a rant on Sean McDermott. You can call it Squared Sports Scream, or you can call it at the buzzer. But Sean McDermott is not the right man in Buffalo. Get him an offensive head coach. Get him somebody else. Because it's not working. You fired Ken Dorsey midseason. Brian Dable left. And Josh Allen really hasn't played great since. He's had great seasons, but 
Hasn't been great in clutch moments since Brian Dable left. So that's my take right there on Sean McDermott. Bills need a clean house if they want to waste, don't want to waste Josh Allen's prime because Josh Allen is in his prime right now. And for a quarterback that runs as much, throws as hard as he does, it's not going to last forever. He's not going to be a Tom Brady playing until I'm 45. He can play until he's 35 at this level, but he's not going to play until he's 45. So for Josh Allen and the Bills, something needs to change. That needs to be Sean McDermott. If you want to beat Mahomes, if you want to get over that hump that they've been stuck on for so long, it's my take right there at the buzzer. Leave your thoughts in the comments. Now, the best for last question of the day. This week's question day is, who's the best player in college basketball? My pick is Purdue center, four-year senior, Zach Eady. But who's your pick for the best player in college basketball? Leave it down in the comments. That's my question today. That's my for Squirt Sports Lane Frick, episode 154. Thank you for tuning in. Follow Squirt Sports on Instagram, at Squirt Sports. Follow Squirt Sports on X, at Squirt Sport. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review for the best sports content in the world. Be back here next week, episode 155. Stay tuned.